0: Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations. You know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. It is August, and I want to talk about a couple of different things um, from back to school to like really enjoying the last month, the last full month of summer. Um, We summer doesn't end, I don't think, till September twenty second or something like that. So we do still have quite a bit of summer and honestly warm weather ahead of us. But you know, with the kids being out of school and all of that, it still feels like the last month of summer so we're going to talk about back to school we're going to talk about ending the summer and we're going to talk just about some different parenting things and things I've kind of been learning this week and I'll share with you like I went to the doctors with the kids and just like thoughts on parenting thank you guys for checking out our podcast today or my podcast today let's get into it Mia is three as you guys know and she's going to preschool we had toured um Two different schools and with the first one we it was just a virtual tour but I still really liked it Mia was still really excited and with our second tour we were able to go in person and I was really struggling with which school to send her to um the second school we went to is like three minutes from my mom's house it's like seven minutes from Ethan's work whereas the first school is like 10 minutes from home That's not you guys. Um, So I wasn't sure what made the most sense. Like, obviously, it's good for Ethan to be nearby if she went to be at school, and even my mom. And then I was also thinking it makes sense for her to be close to home. Um, But anyway, ultimately, we decided to go with the first school that we looked at. And so she will be doing kind of like what I planned, which was to send her Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, half day in the morning so we're looking at 9 30 a.m to 12 30 p.m which is really nice because she'll only be gone half a day but she is going three days a week whereas the second school we toured is a lot more expensive Ethan really was like pushing the sender there um, but I just felt like we could save so much more and even if it's a little more annoying that the school is closer to home instead of closer to work I just liked this school a little bit better. And so I also liked the management of the first school a little bit better. Just based off of my experience, the second school seemed pushy, like send me your kid here right now. While the other school was like, this is what we offer. This is like, it was just like really good. It felt like family based and I loved it. Not to say that the second school wasn't, I don't want to like throw out names and stuff because like one of them is a big, um kind of like well-known school brand. I don't know, like private school. Um, but I, I just like the family feel my instincts have never let me down before. So we are doing that. Also, the second school only did like, if I was going to do part-time preschool, right? So she's three, it would be two days a week all day. So like 6am to 6pm. I mean, obviously I could drop her off later than 6am I mean, and get her earlier than 6pm but we were gonna be paying triple the price and it just didn't make sense to me to do it like that. And honestly, I don't think Mia is ready to be away from home for a full day, just cause she's still napping. I'm not sure how she would do napping in a different space. So at least now I don't have to worry about that cause she's not gonna nap. She's only there from 9.30 to 12.30. She'll come home, have lunch and then be napping by 1.30, two o'clock. And that just felt better. And so I don't know, I'm sure you all have big decisions and things to make when it comes to kids in the school year, if you're going to do virtual, so my county did something I really don't like, um, not that, so my kids are not at the age where they can go to public school and thank God, because I'm not sure how I would feel about it, but as you guys know, let, um, the Delta variant when it comes to COVID is spreading, right? It is spreading, and don't worry, I don't have it, <laughs> um, but and, um. So my county before like even like a month ago or whatever announced that they're not having any virtual learning whatsoever. They gave you links to like homeschool programs you can do if you want to keep your kids at home, but I feel like that ultimately just puts a lot more work on the parents where virtual learning's already a lot of work on the parents. Um so that's what they're doing. They are doing like in person otherwise. And honestly, I live 20 minutes from where I used to live. And so I moved from like a major county to not even a smaller county, but um, it's a more rural county. And I don't know if that means anything. And uh, the max, ma- the mask mandate and things up here have always been kind of relaxed, like people are just different up here. I, I don't know. I don't know. So um, not that it's a bad thing or a good thing or whatever. It's just so interesting. Like you drive 25 minutes up the road to where I used to live and everyone is still seriously wearing masks. In fact, I went to Best Buy to get my phone fixed and everyone was still wearing masks. And I walked in without one because I'm vaccinated, right? Like you didn't have to wear one at this point. And, um, I was like, oh, I feel weird not wearing one. There was, like, one other person I saw that wasn't wearing one. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And now everyone's supposed to wear them again or something like that. I am not here to give you – advice or guidelines on what to do with COVID. You have acting government officials to tell you what to do. You have your own self to decide what's best for you and your family. But it was just so weird. And so with Mia going to school, I'm just praying that she stays safe. Um, And I am a little bit nervous about it. But at this point, I can't really hold her back from going to school anymore. Um, The only way I'll consider not sending her to school is if something I don't know major happens or if the uh, cases in my county which haven't been that bad get crazy I might say I don't want her to go to school but she needs it and so I feel like as parents we're all in this weird boat where obviously the safety of our kids will always be our number one priority but the development of our kids is important too and I know that is it's like three-year-old preschool isn't necessary. Like she will go to full day preschool at four or whatever the four-year-old situation is. But for Mia, who is, you know, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't, um, that have kids. And if I do, they have like older kids. So I don't have a lot of friends with who are Mia's age, who are girls. And so, this is where she's going to get her socializing from. Like she's been hanging out with our family and we have been doing a lot of fun stuff and keeping her, you know, active and engaged. And she's super, super smart, but it's still not the same as if she were in a school environment and around her peers. I think kids learn a lot by being around their peers, not to say that I'm against homeschool because I considered it. But for Mia, I think every child's different and you have to look at what they need. Um, for instance, when I was growing up, I was homeschooled and I think it was the absolute right thing for my mom to do for me at that time, because I would have, I wouldn't have thrived, like, right. It wouldn't have worked out. I mean, I could have done okay, but it it was just going to be a battle and it made more sense for me to be homeschooled. Um, but with Mia, it's kind of the opposite where she's going to grow so much more from going to school. But there's always the fear of the virus. So anyway, trusting God with Mia in our lives and he knows everything that's gonna happen. And if I should not send her, my instincts will tell me they've never failed me failed me before. So yes, back to school. So much to consider, but it is really exciting because I love to shop for back-to-school supplies. I've said this before, like, I shop for myself, like, I'll buy myself a binder, some papers, notebooks, some new pens, some highlighters, because, like, as adults, you still have, like, lists to make and, like, business type things to do, and so um, when it comes to back-to-school time and even back to college time, I love it because, they put out all the stuff and like, even like shower caddies you can use for organizing and the like storage that you people use for college are fine to use around your house. So I do love this time. And it's really, really special for me because it's me, it's very first time going to school and Ethan looked at me and was like, you're being really extra for a half day preschool because of like the types of things I'm buying her, but whatever, she's my first board. She's my only girl. Like I'm going to go all out with her back to school outfit. But speaking of this. um, I'm so sorry. I'm like so stuffy. I don't know why. Um, Hold on. All right. Anyway. So with back to school. One thing I'm worried about is Mia is three years old. And I don't think that it's uncommon. um, Like she just turned three in July. So she's like a young three. And she's going to school after Labor Day. The day after Labor Day. And so. We're really trying to finish up potty training. So she's good. She will go to the bathroom. She will go pee on the potty all by herself, but she still has not pooped in this potty. And so I am nervous about that. And also whenever she goes, I kind of help her, right? Like I help her, I'm going to start having her do it herself. Like I help her take off her pants and stuff and I'm going to put it back on. I'm nervous for when she goes to school and I'm going to talk to like the teacher and everything about this too like well there be no one to help her like someone she might need help putting her pants like her everything back on and so I'm nervous about that um I'm sure it's not going to be as big of a deal as I'm thinking it is but I just want to make sure she's never in a situation which I can't necessarily stop this situation from happening um where she's like in the bathroom and she's frustrated and she's crying and she's like stuck and doesn't know what to do and so I'm That's like, honestly, one reason why I wouldn't send her this fall is just to make sure she's fully comfortable going potty, but I, I really, I really can't hold her back. Like as much as I want to, I really, um, I can't. So that's like one of my biggest worries with school in terms of making friends and being shy the first day. She's so friendly. She was at the park yesterday and, um, this little girl came over to the to play with her mom. And Mia's like, hey, wanna play with me? And so I think she'll be fine. Um, sometimes she can talk kind of quietly, but we'll get through it. Oh my gosh. So, you guys share with me any tips for um the first day of school, any like preschool tips specifically. They're at like a weird little young age. Obviously, she's gonna have her mask and sanitizer, but I don't think that the mask is gonna even stay on her. For more than three minutes and so I'm not even sure what to do on that end and it's all like COVID has made everything so complicated and um I just don't know I just don't know so switching gears I was on the interwebs the tiktoks the instagrams and I saw this one meme that you probably saw too um, that said, don't be afraid to start from scratch. You're not starting over this time. You're starting with experience or something to that degree. I was trying to pull it up as I was talking. And, um, I think that is such a like good little quote. Like sometimes it feels like your life is starting over. Right. And I feel like where I'm at in my life, um, you know, I've had Mia, she grew up to be a three-year-old <laughs> and now I have Elliot and I have the experience from raising Mia that I like from the minute Elliot was born, I knew, okay, this is, I struggled with breastfeeding. I'm going to make sure that I don't. And I haven't with him, uh, mostly because I'm home. That's a huge factor. And actually it makes me want to fight more for mom's rights in positions where they can work from home to be able to feed their child. Um, but then also I knew like co-sleeping works really well for me to get the most sleep. Um, sleep training's not for me and you know, whatever, however you do your life and your kids, it's up to you. And I commend, you know, every mama, every kid's different. Every family's different. Every circumstance is different, which is why I get so frustrated in with like judgy people who are judging you because maybe you're kind of crunchy or maybe, I don't know. It's just, it just is like, Oh, you gave your kid a happy meal. You're such a bad mom. Well, listen, I grew up on happy meals and I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. It's not the best for them. It's not the best, but like on a Friday afternoon, maybe we want a happy meal (laughs) and things like that. But so often I notice at least maybe because it's the circle, that I'm surrounding myself with on, on social media. I don't really have a circle, um, in real life. I'm working on getting a circle, but, um, where I see so many people who are working on businesses and and working for themselves and, um, I've talked to moms who are like, man, if I didn't have kids, not that they regret their kids, they love their kids, just that they could have focused more on the business first. And I think sometimes we look at our lives and we think like, what if, and it's not a bad thing to say, what if, right? It's a part of Life. We all go like, what if I majored in something else in college? What if I went to a completely different school? You know, those are major um, factors that contributed to where I am today, who I'm married with and everything. And we're married to. And um, what I've realized is that with motherhood, you kind of level up in life you become a better multitasker, you become more organized, you become better at planning. And even if you're not that good at it, right? Like let's say you've always been a little bit of a hot mess. If you are, you're my people. You still like get it together. And so the other day on um, Monday, maybe it was Monday, I was working. It was like a busy day, but I just looked at my house. We had just gotten home from vacation. And so had gotten home from vacation on Saturday. And so then on Sunday, um, I said, we decided that's the day we were going to like unpack and organize our suitcases because they were all just sitting in my dining room. So then on Sunday, like we moved. Okay, let's put the suitcase upstairs and all of this, but it was still just stuff everywhere. And not everything in my home has a place. My home isn't perfect. You guys know my tips, set a timer, clean as much as you can in that time amount and your, your space will look better. And so, um, I ended up like going in and cleaning. I ordered these organizers. I had a whole new vision. I, um, made like my own little content creator space in my bedroom with like a cute little seat and pillows and my cute coffee table that I originally had in the, di- the living room. Now is in the bedroom and I vacuumed and I got these organizers and I was organizing diapers. Now there's a diaper station that makes so much more sense. And Ethan was like, wow, you clean, cleaned And I did that in like 30, 40 minutes. Um, Cause I was just like on a mission. I was like, here, watch the kids. I put them down in the basement and I got to work. Um, and Ethan was watching them in the basement, but <laughs> it's just like, you become a master at cleaning. And now I will say that keeping the kitchen clean is the, like, it's the one area of my home I want to clean. Okay. It's not the one area of my home that is always clean because we're always using dishes, but it's the one area of my home where if it's clean, I feel the best because I can go in and make dinner easily without having to like move a pot or wash a dish. I like when my dishes are clean and, um, all organized and things like that. But as I get closer to 30, so I'm not 30 until, um, two years from now, but I just realized I told Ethan that he was like, your OCD is up, which I don't like people to joke about OCD, but you know, you know what I'm saying here. And, um, I'm like, no, it's not like, I'm just getting organized. I just want our lives to be more functional. And reason number one is Ethan's going back into the office. And so when it's just me and the kids, and this is what I told him before, when you're home, I can ask you to take the trash out real quick. I can um, say, Hey, babe, at lunch, can you do a load of dishes, Um, a load of dishes or start the laundry, right? Like we kind of do divide up the house, the housework, but when it comes to the tasks, at least in my house, I kind of just tell him what I want him to get done. He prefers it that way. And then I do what I'm going to do. Um, And like, I'm in charge of organizing, cleaning, prepping and all that. And like, he is in charge of taking out the trash. Um, He does the dishes most of the time. I do the vacuuming most of the time and like cleaning the surfaces and the tables and even the bathrooms. And then he will um, clear the dining room table and he cleans up after dinner. I usually cook dinner. So we have a system. But with fall coming and with going back to, with going into school and with going into work, a new sort of setup has to happen. And I've been thinking about how I'm going to be needing to lay out outfits for everyone um, every day. And that's fine, but it's going to be helpful for me to have like two backup outfits planned and then every day of the week's outfit's planned, right? Because Mia doesn't, Mia's three years old now. So she's not at the point where she's having a million accidents. Yes, with potty training, um, she is. But she's still only doing that maybe once a day. So like, she might need to change her outfit. She might not. Whereas Elliot, um, after every meal, he needs a new outfit. So, and that's my fault. I just hate grabbing a bib. I'm just too lazy to grab a bib and um, most of the time he tries to pull them off and I'm like, fine, just get dirty. It's fine. We have a lot of onesies. Um, but yeah, as a mom, we just kind of level up. And so I said all of this to say that motherhood really sparks creativity because now you have a passion to live for outside of yourself. Right? So for me, I want to, um, encourage you and encourage my child to do whatever she wants to do in life. I want to show her that with hard work, with prayer, with like, um, whatever you're naturally gifted towards, if you work on that and you cultivate that, like good things are to come. Now I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. The reason why I started this podcast and my kind of mission in life and how I've kind of come to it. I don't know if I've ever given the full story. I maybe did when I reintroduced myself, like maybe 20, 10, 20 episodes ago. I don't know. But let me get into it. So Christian Mom Uncensored was sitting on my heart for a while. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a book, a YouTube channel, or a podcast. And I have to tell you that there are some of those things are coming very shortly. Um, the podcast is already here and, um, I, it came because I realized that when I was on Instagram and things are kind of changing nowadays, I think we all felt the same way a couple of years ago if we were a mom back then, but I was feeling inadequate when it came to my life and specifically motherhood and, um, there's so many pretty and like picture-perfect Instagrammers and Instagram posts, and um, it just makes life look so easy, and motherhood is not an easy thing, right? A lot of it comes naturally there's a steep learning curve and every day you learn something new. And so I wanted to have a podcast for two reasons. One, I am on a faith journey. There are things that I'm striving for. There are things that I am praying about. There are things I'm hoping for. And also my relationship in terms of God, in terms of Jesus, in terms of all of that is ever evolving, constantly growing, shifting and changing has ups and downs like any other relationship in life. Um, no relationship is linear and stays perfect. Every relationship has its roller coaster moments. And so I wanted to have a podcast because I wanted to share the day to day motherhood journeys, struggles. Like I wanted you to be able to come here and say, Yep, that's happened to me. Oh my gosh, I felt that way all you know any and just have like a real relatable person who i'm no celebrity i'm not i'm not anybody like i'm literally a zero like i'm a nobody right from zero to hero that's that's my song right from hercules and so when you listen to this podcast you know that you're listening to someone who's just like you not to say that you're a zero but i'm talking about average american and if you're not american average woman person whatever whoever you are that's listening um Living everyday life. So like my struggles or your struggles, budgeting, um, cleaning your home, working in a marriage, having kids, making adult friendships. Those are all things that I have seen be an active theme between myself and other women that I've met. So that's like the first reason I started this podcast was I wanted a place and a space where I could say, hey, this is hard. And if it's hard for you, listen, I get it. I also wanted to have a podcast, and I'm telling you, like, this is the goal of the podcast. This is what I'm hoping for in the podcast. We're speaking it into existence. I wanted the podcast to be a place of acceptance. Um, I know that the term Christian can throw a lot of people off of the the podcast. It can also bring a lot of people to the podcast because maybe not every day, but a lot of the time I'm going to talk about what's going on in my faith life or times I was scared or anxious and like moments where I prayed and moments God came through. And so there's a nice faith element, but I want you to hear it from a non-judgmental person, right? I will always say this. And if you ask my husband, if you ask my friends, they, this is the one good thing, not the one good thing, but like one of my traits that I really pride myself on is Jesus walked in love. So that's all I'm going to do. I'm not perfect. So I have no right to judge anyone for anything, for any struggle. Even if I've never had that struggle, I don't care. Like whoever you are, like, you're an amazing human. you. And if you're not, like, you're going to be an amazing human. I'm going to speak that into existence. Like, whoever you are, like, your life is your life. I have no place to judge you or anyone else. Like, I'm just one of them. And I feel like so many people feel like Christians are judgy or don't accept certain groups of people. I accept all groups of people, okay? I'm putting it out there. You should know that. It's not my my, my job to condemn. If you want someone to do that, I'm sure you can find someone else to condemn you, but it's not going to be me. My job's going to be to uplift you, to tell you you're amazing, because I feel like that's why I was brought on this earth. So I don't know why I got into this about the podcast, and I am so sorry, but I wanted you guys to know that that's like the heart behind the podcast is a place for moms to be moms, right? Marriage isn't perfect. Raising babies isn't perfect. We make mistakes. We do things we shouldn't. We say things we shouldn't. We yell when we shouldn't. Our house is never clean. Oops, did I say never? I meant to say isn't always clean. Um, You know, some weeks we eat pizza most of the week. Like some weeks I cook like I'm a goddess. Like I'm Martha Stewart. And there's other weeks where this has happened to me this week. And I literally cried about it. I had a day where work was just like a little more stressful than normal and for dinner, um, I was not going to eat dinner. I had a really hard day. I ended up eating like a chipotle burrito chipotle burrito bowl for lunch at like two. And so I was like, I'm not going to have dinner tonight. Cause I'm really full. I'll probably eat something light, like a bowl of cereal if I get hungry or, you know, I'll just, you know, hold out till morning. And so I was going to make the kids spaghetti. I was going to make Ethan and the kids spaghetti. I had meatballs in the freezer, like frozen meatballs to make. And I thought I had spaghetti noodles in the pantry because I had seen in the pantry, like the box of spaghetti. I forgot that I had made most of that box and um, to, to make colorful noodles to like dye it so the kids could play with it. And so we didn't have enough noodles for like the kids to actually have a meal. So then I look and I have like two full boxes of elbow noodles because mac and cheese is a staple in my life. And so I decided to like, well, I could make spaghetti, but instead of spaghetti, we'll use elbow noodles and it'll be cool. And so I make the noodles and I make the meatballs and I'm making the sauce to put it all together. And so my noodles are... I'm done, but I need to, to strain them because they're, no, you know they're still in a bunch of water. So I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not gonna pull out my strainer because that's like another dish for me to clean after dinner. Even though Ethan usually cleans, I just you know had a feeling he wasn't gonna clean that night. So I grabbed the lid that I had over the noodles and was like, I'll just hold the lid in place and drain the water that way. You guys see where this is going? I up of the noodles into the sink. So now there's barely enough noodles for Mia and Elliot and quite certainly not enough noodles for Ethan. And I come downstairs and I'm like, babe, I cannot deal with today. And I was really, really frustrated. I ended up in the freezer. Okay, this is where you guys are getting my real life. Don't judge my eating habits. Um, But in the freezer, I have... Um, I don't even know what the brand is. Maybe bird's eye, maybe steam fresh or something. And I have like call like frozen cauliflower, frozen cauliflower rice, frozen veggie pasta. So pasta made out of vegetables. Typically it's like, I had something in my quinoa that's not a vegetable, like zucchini noodles and things like that. And I have it in the freezer because when I was pregnant with Elliot, I had gestational diabetes and I couldn't really eat carbs like that, but I still craved them. And so I would like heat up some cauliflower rice. And then even if the cauliflower rice wasn't that good, I could dress it up with like a really good seasoned piece of salmon and like green beans and teriyaki and like mix it together and have like a teriyaki bowl. So anyway, I have like, and I keep in my house some of those staples because they're like, it's better for you than eating the actual carb. And it's also quick. So like for lunch, a lot of times I could do some cauliflower rice or veggie pasta and like dress it up. So anyway, so I mixed one of the veggie pastas with the elbow noodles and sauce, and Elliot ate it. And Mia and didn't like it. I didn't even like it, but Elliot was like killing it. And so Ethan went and got her a happy meal because I failed at life. But that's life. And so that's just a mishap. That's just a Monday mishap. But I felt like it was gonna send me over the edge. Because then I had I don't have a garbage disposal. I do have like a food drain thingy, you know, like you put it in the sink and it catches the food and then you have to like dump it out. It's this whole like archaic system. But anyway, I had to scoop all these noodles out of my sink and I'm doing it like really angry, like these stupid noodles couldn't even stay in the stupid pot. And so that's like real motherhood, right? That's why this podcast exists. So you can laugh at my pain and feel my pain. But anyway, going back to this conversation of like we all go through experiences in life for a reason. And sometimes it is to just grow our patience. Sometimes it is so that we can one day help and relate to another person. Um, and I remind myself that every time I'm going through something hard right now, um, I feel like I'm in a season of growth. I feel like I'm in a season of blessings. There's a lot of good things going on behind the scenes over here, um, that I'll share with you guys later, but we all have our own God-given talents and dreams. And I honestly think if you've been sitting on a dream, like if you've been thinking about doing something for more than six months, for more than a year, it's time for you to do it. I'm telling you to do it right now because I sat on this podcast for over a year when Mia was first born. And i went, I don't know how to podcast. I, I mean, I still don't really know how to podcast. I don't know how to podcast. No one's gonna listen to me. Who cares about my story? And I said, well, let me just do it. I'm gonna have five listeners And I had five listeners. And now it's grown a little bit. I mean, I'd like it to grow a lot more to reach more people. But you guys really are amazing listeners and amazing people. And so whatever your dream is, it might grow slowly, but it'll grow. Um, Bloom where you are planted. I was planted in motherhood. And I'm slowly growing. And I will one day blossom. Maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe I'm like a pimply teenager. And... Maybe I'll never fully bloom or blossom. But anyway, whatever your hope is, whatever you love, whatever you're passionate about, get up and do it. Find the time for yourself to do it. You can hear what's going on right now. Elliot's asleep on my lap. He's been, like, nursing most of this episode. I find my time where I find my time. He's like, don't tell my business on the podcast. But, yeah. So, I just wanted to encourage you that way. Um, Do you and good things will come. All right. And now I have to tell you guys another honest conversation I had with a good old husband, Ethan. So I was going through a bunch of stuff, right? You guys know that friendship in my life has been kind of tumultuous at times. And so I, we are leaving, um, Mia and Elliot's doctor's appointment. They're both growing so beautifully, but, um, And I looked at him and I said, what is off-putting about my personality? And of course, like this feels like a trick question to a husband, right? Like he's about to walk into some trap and get fussed at. But at this time, I wasn't really trying to trap him and I wasn't going to be that offended. Um... Actually, I can't say that. I don't know how I would have how I would have felt. And I go like, "What is off putting about my personality?" And he's like, "Babe, what is this coming from?" And I was like, "I have had different relationships, not just like the recent one, but other friendships come and go, and I felt like there's something I'm doing to put." people off. And there's a difference between friends that I have that I don't talk to every day. You know who you are. If you're listening to this episode, I don't talk to you every day. I may not even talk to you every six months, but I love you. You know, I love you. You know, I'm rooting for you from Facebook and Instagram. And if something serious happens, I'm going to still text you. I'm still going to message you. I want to see you when we're all safe to do so. Um, And I'm not talking about those friends, my friends that are in my life and will be in my life forever. We just don't talk daily. No, you guys, you guys are rock solid. I'm talking about like other relationships I've lost and I'm pretty sure none of those people are listening to my podcast (laughs) because they wouldn't do that. Right. And so um, he goes, I don't think there's anything off putting about your personality, but I do think you have a big personality. And I don't think that y'all, I don't, but it made sense because like when I'm in a friendship, this is like something, if you're going to be my friend, you might as well know it. I like to do things, right? I'm a giver. So one, I'm going to give you things like gifts and presents and like everything. And aside from that, cause now I just sound weird. Um, I like to plan. I am going to text you. I'm going to message you once our friendship is nice and solidified. Like once I feel like, okay, we're really clicking we should hang out. I'm going to be planning all these things for us to do. I'm going to find all these places for us to go. Like I'm just a planner. I'm going to host. I used to host like sleepovers all the time and, um, just like fun events. And I can be unapologetically me. I am naturally flirty. I think that I'm obnoxious in a fun way, but not everybody likes that. And he looked at me and said, listen, listen, Not everyone's going to like you. Why do you feel like you need everyone to like you? And this is something that I think as a people pleaser, we struggle with. Why do you need everyone to like you? The fact is I don't like everybody that's in the world. I like you guys. You guys are family. I like my actual family and I like my actual friends and some of my acquaintances. Obviously, I like you guys, but there's other people in the world, you know, people that I don't know. I don't vibe with or click with. Like I don't have anyone in particular right now in life. Back back in my younger years, I had people I can specifically think about, but like in my like in my adulthood, I can't really think of anybody. But the the truth is not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to clap for you when you walk by. Not everyone's going to root for you. Not everyone's going to be on your team and in your corner, and that's a lesson I had to learn as an adult. And so it kind of seems obvious, right? But until you've actually experienced someone like not root for you or um, like not be there for you or not, you know, be whatever, you don't realize like one, first of all, it's okay for not everyone to like you. So if you're a people pleaser, just know it's okay um, because we can say yes to things we don't want to do. We can um, end up doing a whole bunch of things just because we're people pleasing and uh, as I've gotten older. I've decided that's not, that's not me. Um, but it's okay for people not to like you. And that doesn't mean there's something off putting or wrong with you. It just means that you weren't meant to connect with that person. So let it lie, let it die and move on. And so I just wanted to let you know, if you feel like, I don't know, Don't feel like you have to please everyone and not everyone's going to like you. That's my warning. And also that means there's, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You are bad. You are fabulous. You slay. You are gorgeous. You're a great mom. You're a great friend. You're a great sister, a great daughter, a great husband or, or brother or son. If you're a guy listening, I don't think I have any guy listeners. Maybe one, I think I saw a message me one time, but you're great. Okay. Just not everyone's meant to be your friend. And that's something I had to learn the hard way and was kind of like a hard pill to swallow. Am I going to turn down the Britney energy? Nah. So please don't turn down your energy. Be you, do you, you know, I'm rooting for you. Um, Just know that not everyone's going to like that. And that is okay. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's kind of along the themes of this week's episode It may be a little bit of last week's, but remove yourself from toxic situations. Remove yourself from anything that doesn't serve you. And you need to take some time to realize what is toxic. And I also want to say that sometimes you are the toxic person. If all of the issues in the equation, if you're a common denominator, there might be some things you need to look at within yourself and it might not be that you're actually a toxic person it could be that you're picking toxic people there's just like different levels of toxicity and so I just wanted to encourage like if you're in a space of growth or of change and you're moving on removing yourself from a toxic situation or toxic lifestyle or toxic routine is hard and it takes a conscious effort and purposeful decision making it's not easy to do And honestly, when you remove yourself from this toxic, whatever, whether it is a relationship, whether it is a job, whether it is, um, even just like a mental frame of mind, it's going to feel weird and uncomfortable. It's not going to feel normal, but you're going to have to keep pushing past that, like that toxic place and getting over it until it feels more normal to not be in a toxic situation. I know I'm pretty I'm being pretty vague. But I just wanted to encourage you that if you're dealing with even if you're even if it's like a toxic headspace or toxic energy, sometimes you have to clear, remove, and reset it. And even in like my marriage and household, I would say that like I've never had any like bad energy, but there have been different times in our lives where Me and Ethan might be more bickering, like we might bicker more, or we disagree more, or we're snapping at each other more. And it's not that there's something wrong with our marriage, there's something wrong with our communication, or outside extenuating factors that we need to address and overcome. And that's fine. But there's other situations where you need to remove yourself fully from a toxic, a toxic place. Not to say that me and Ethan are toxic, I just think that Sometimes when you have so much stress and anxiety, the energy and the air might feel off and you need to like take a minute to clear it. But moving on from that, when it comes to relationships, whether it be workplace, whether it be personal relationships, whether it be friendships, whether it be lovers, whatever the situation is, it can also be institutions, Remove yourself from the toxicity and find yourself in a better place. And I have taken a period. I would say that I went on a sabbatical. Not really because I still podcasted and and I'm continuing to work on my behind the scene projects that I will bring to you guys shortly. Um, But I have this summer really taken a beat where I've only seen the people that I know have good energy, the people that I know that I love, I've only, I've really been to myself. I've hung out with my friends a handful of times and I could probably tell you the three times I've seen them this summer or the four times I've seen them this summer. In part of it's COVID, part of it's distance, part of it's schedule, part of it's this, this and that. But I've been in a season of doing a lot on my own, not in a bad way and not to say like I'm not doing it with my spouse, but like my podcast and my projects are like solo. He's not really involved with them. Um, and I've been growing on my own and I've also been really, really thinking about what I want my kids to experience in life, where I want them to go to school, who I want them to be around, where are we going to live. And I'm really, really and this is what happens to me. This is me gonna, I'm gonna be a little transparent. Um, whenever I go through something painful or hurtful, I'm a runner. And I know that that is toxic. And Ethan always says, like, Brett, you're a runner. I am. When something is hurting, I run from it. Not to say that I can't get over things. Like, with my long-term friendships with my husband, obviously, I don't run if we have a disagreement, but I'm talking about something that really, really hurts me. And so, honestly, the energy in the air and just, like, the place that I've been in has been good to me, but it's not forever for me. And I think that that's something that I had to realize. Even when I was talking about some, like, like you know, the loss of a friendship and other things, sometimes there's a season for it. And you have to accept it, let it lie, let it die, as I say. But the other thing is, because of all of this, I'm also guarded with how I let people in. And I'm guarded with my children, which you should be. Um, but I just feel like, When there is a toxic pattern in your life, it takes real serious conscious effort to get over that hump and to try to work through it. And it's not going to feel normal. It is going to be a hard process. But I commend anyone who's going ahead and starting that process. Whether it be realizing, and like family can be toxic. My family luckily isn't, but family can be toxic. I've seen situations where that's the case. And it's okay to move on and protect yourself, protect your family that you've built, and keep it moving. So anyway, when it comes to toxicity, I think that it's kind of like how you need to cleanse your body of toxins. So I'm going to drink my ginger, and I'm going to drink my lemons, and I'm going to drink all these things and be... You can't really detox when you're breastfeeding, so I'm going to like naturally detox in a safe way and kind of like reset and refocus. This summer I've been eating kind of crazy because I haven't had like a fitness goal, but now I have a fitness goal for my anniversary. I want to go all out. It's going to be the first anniversary that is like, not even like last year. Last year I gave birth, the year before that Mia was, oh, Mia was like one or something. And we went or two and we went to, she had to be one. We went to a winery, but this year I want to go all out. So anyway, um, my goal is to like, feel good in the dress. This is a whole different. So between like (laughs) releasing the toxic energy, toxic relationships, and even just the toxins in your body. And it's, I think sometimes like when you go through a transition in life, you naturally lose people throughout the transition. Not everyone is supposed to transition with you to the next season, and that's okay. Your core people, the people who are meant to will. My friends that I've had for forever are going to be my friends for that I've had for forever. My husband is going to be my husband forever. You know, like those people are going to go with me as I transition to this next phase of life, whether that be motherhood. And I think that something is to be said that when you become a mom, It does get very hard to hold on to old friendships unless they're like super genuine, super real, super close. And so I have a handful, like a group number of people who are super real, super genuine, super close. And then I have a handful of other people that are cool, but our life doesn't add up right now. And then I have a handful of other people that we're still cool, we're still friends. It's just been a minute since we've seen each other. And that's normal too. So I feel like. But there is always going to be a little bit of loss through transitions and that can be painful. It can, it can hurt, but not everyone is meant to level up when you do. Not everyone is meant to level up with you when you're on that next level of your life, whether that next level is becoming a mom or starting a business or just internally changing the way you think and perceive and interact with the world. Um, so just know that. So letting go of toxicity. Oh, the reason why I wanted to share this is because I find that for me, Facebook is extremely toxic and so I have to do a break and I have to do a reset and I have to get away from it and it's not because I'm not interested in seeing what's going on in people's lives because there's people that I'm generally I'm interested in like acquaintances friends people I've known from my past I like keeping up with you but then there's things from groups and not just groups but like weird pages that you end up following and you see something about a sick child or somebody who lost a loved one and that kind of stuff I'm an I'm an empath we could dive into that in a different episode as well like what does that mean and what does that entail but that energy like transfers to me and so if i see someone hurting i hurt it's really really kind of really dramatic and kind of an annoying trait so when i see so much pain on facebook of like this 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 and that it affects me whether i notice it or not at the time and so i realize i will see people you know, saying bad things or being mean. And and then I'll see like somebody's sick and somebody lost their wife and somebody did this. And those things like break my heart. And so I can't watch it. I can't see it. And I have to kind of protect and shield myself from that. And I know the Bible says that we have to be careful about what we indulge in, um, because we're not like everyone else. Like if you're a Christian believer or whatever, for me it's not so much like i can't watch this r-rated movie it's more like wow this negative this energy is really negative let me not let me not be a part of that negative energy and so i need to do a facebook detox because i just was seeing like a lot of things recently like a lot of posts um about just like bad things happening and it was just stressing me out and then people were talking about war and like how we might have a war and I'm like we're going to have a war we're not this is fat, false news but I'm just like what does that even mean? I have to like I don't know burrow or something. And so um yeah, so that's the toxic energy I'll be removing from my life this week is like kind of staying away from Facebook and um honestly social media and just playing with my kids and having a good week. But it could be for you letting go of a friendship or relationship, um, choosing a friendship or a relationship. Like, man, I've never really hung out with this type of person before, but I'm going to give it a go. And maybe there are a positive light person that you need in your life. So we can all get through the bad and the negative energy and everything. Um, but it has to be really intentional. So I am intentionally staying away from Facebook, my Facebook friends. I love you guys. It's most likely not you guys that I'm staying away from. It is definitely like these random articles and things that pop up and then you see, and it's just like, and maybe people are just sharing things that happen. And it's like, that's really great. But like, why'd you have to share bad news? Like, why couldn't you share like a cute puppy doing a backflip? Why'd you have to share the sad story? I know like news is important, but I don't need to be informed of all bad things. Okay. All right. Before I close out this podcast, there's one last Power Hour meme I saw that I want to talk about. I'm pulling it up right now. And it says, actually, I might have two I want to talk about. Oh, never mind. I have one. It says, Forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. Forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. I think a lot of times hindsight's 2020, 20, right? I think a lot of times we look back on life, look back on mistakes, look back on relationships, look at look back on decisions and we can be really mad with what we've done. Um but you need to let go of that because on the other side, you realize that what you said was stupid or hurtful or what you did wasn't the smartest, or maybe you wouldn't have gone down this, this rabbit hole, right? But you didn't know it was going to be bad. You didn't know it wasn't going to work out. You didn't know it wasn't the right decision until you did it and you learned from it. And I think a lot of us hold on to past mistakes, past decisions. I know I was. And, um, specifically in something that recently happened that I feel like ultimately affected Mia and all these other things. Um, and I needed to read that forgive yourself, forgive yourself, forgive yourself. I'm actually stalling. Um, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. I was trying to pull the, 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 the meme or whatever back up, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. And I think it's such a good message because we all have muck, right? We all have gunk. We all have some things that just aren't the greatest that we've done um, or said or used to act. And that's okay. Life is about learning. And when you know better, you do better. So don't harp on yourself for you know mistakes and decisions of the past that fell through that didn't work out and even if you've had to start over in some life I was um you know um we a friend and I were talking about somebody that she knew that was getting divorced and um ironically and you know she's almost done with the divorce and she was saying, I feel so bad because she feels like she messed up her whole life. And I wish I could tell her, you know, forgive yourself for not knowing what you learned before you did it. Or however the quote goes, right? You had no way of knowing what the future holds. And there are going to be things in life that suck that we have to grow from, grow grow with and learn from is what I'm trying to say. And that's okay. I mean especially as you get older, if, if you do anything before 25, like your brain wasn't even fully developed yet. So you can kind of blame it on that. That's what I always say. I'm like, did I do, when did I do that? I wasn't even a full adult then, which is crazy. Cause I was getting married at 24. Um, would I have done it any differently? If it, if it, no, I would, I would still get married when I got married, I would still do what I did. I've learned a lot, no regrets. And honestly, it's all been great. Like it had nothing, you know, knock on wood. um, The only curve, the only learning curve is prioritizing your marriage, which I talked about last week or the week before. I don't remember, but that's just something you learn. So don't beat yourself up. Not everyone's going to like you, but you are still, you know, beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully made, and you are crafted to be the person you are, even if it seems like you know, there's cooler versions of you out there. That's how I feel. I'll be like, man, I see like YouTubers and I see like Instagrammers and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like me, but cooler. Nah, she's not the cooler version of me because I'm the only version of me. And the same goes for you. So as always, be safe, be well, and do you be you. You're amazing. You're killing the mom game thing. If you're not a mom, you're killing the person who you are game game. And I will talk to you guys next week. And yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I know I keep saying that every episode, but it's just like really important because it helps with visibility and the more people who, who give me a review and, um, a rating, you know, the more people are going to be able to see this podcast and it might be what they need. And even to like build a little community. So make sure that you're following me on Instagram at Christian Uncensored and, good things are coming to good things are coming out soon so just be sure to be following me to see all that stuff and I will talk to you later peace